All right, J-Mo. What's going on, Stu? Yeah, J-Mo. Wait, you graduated... 2013. Well, yeah, undergrad 2013, but my last year was 2014 at Michigan, so... Oh, that's right, that's right. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um... You are in Slovenia. What city are you in again? Uh, Ljubljana, it's called. Ljubljana. It's actually a really nice city. Um, it, surprising. I didn't even know what Slovenia was, man, before I came here. Yeah, you and everybody uh, else. Yeah, seriously, no idea. I, mean, I got the call last summer, and my agent's like, yeah, team in Slovenia wants you to come there. I'm like, this team where? I'm like, man, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> but, I mean... Um, you know, after doing some research, found out, you know, Slovenia is actually like crazy beautiful. I mean, they got mountains and seaside and, mm -hmm. um, you know, Ljubljana is, a, is the capital city. So it's a big city. Got a lot to do. Honestly, surprisingly, like for, for its size, I mean, it's the capital city, but it's not like a huge city has a lot to do. I mean, more, I mean, the one thing I like being American is it's got like ton of restaurant options. You know, love that. Like, yeah, like you were Americans. Like, I don't want to eat the same food every day. Like, I want Chinese today and Mexican tomorrow. Exactly. And you know, you know, sushi on on Thursday. Like, that's what I want. I don't want to eat the same thing every day. So, Ljubljana actually like has a lot of different food options. It's surprising, and they get a ton of tourists. Like a ton of tourists. Really? Yeah. Like a crazy amount of tourists. So you hear a lot of English walking down the streets. Actually, most of the tourists, I, I believe most of the tourists are Chinese. So you see huge well, groups of Chinese people yeah, they, walking around. <laughs> but you do hear some English. I went to a burger spot yesterday for dinner and uh, guys were talking. They were clearly American. Uh, clearly. So, I mean, it's it's uh, it's not bad. I mean, I'm not I'm not a big fan of Slavic language. Or <laughs> ba ba Balkan music. I'm Balkan music. I can't even imagine. Oh man! But other than that, I, I don't have very many complaints. Yeah. So it's funny, man. You, you hear all these countries, and you know you've heard about them once in geography class, and then you got to get there, and it could be like hit or miss. So you have, you obviously yeah. did your research. You've been playing for enough years. You know, like, okay, yeah. I got to figure out what the city is like. But you could be like in the corner of Slovenia, and it could be absolute shit, or you could be where you are, and it's just fantastic. Trust me, I've been to the corner, uh, the yes. corner of Slovenia, yeah. and it is absolute shit. <laughs> and, um, no, you're right, man. And this, I mean, it's 100%. I mean, you got to have a good agent, obviously. But I mean... You know, like I know, there are some teams that, that like have a huge history. They got good money, you yep. know, good competition, but they're in the middle of like nowhere, man. And it sucks being there. Man, you know that going in, but you're like, sometimes you have to take that sacrifice. You know, it's like going to play in Oklahoma City where, you know, it's like, yeah, it's not LA, but no, you know, it's, it's, it's the best opportunity you got. So, I mean, it's, it's, it's similar to that, man. But I mean, um, it's uh, it's definitely hit or miss. I've been lucky. I mean, I've lived in Rome and Paris. Yeah, you're and like you're, you can't say shit. I was in a small city in Greece last year, but it was still nice, and I was only forty five minutes from Athens. So it was like I've been I've been pretty blessed, honestly. So I'm not I'm not in a position to complain. Yeah, that's why I think Israel is so big with uh, foreign players because. No matter where you are, you're close to Tel Aviv. You're close to the beach, basically. Um, 
so there's like smaller countries where like the things to do are close, but then you get to like, uh, God, what was it? I don't know. Like some part, well, Russia for one, you can get in just terrible spots. Oh man. You're just far away from everything. People don't understand like (laughs) flying in Russia. It's like, you got to fly. 10 hours Russia like European huge Russia's huge it's I mean ridiculous. I know guys playing I know a guy right now playing in Astana and he's like he's like messaging me I, I posted like some shoes on my on my Instagram he's like man I need those I'm like oh okay you can't get them in your city he's like nah they don't got it bigger than a size 12 where I'm at I'm like <laughs> you can't order them he's like nah we don't even, we can't even order Nike I'm like man that God. is tough so I mean, there's that, but I, I also played a game in Russia, and uh, and uh, uh, what city was that? Um, Volgograd, the old Stalingrad, and it was just like I swear I thought I was a, it was a Call of Duty board. It was like no, no man, man, it was the middle of the dead of winter. So I was like, and and you know, there's some cities in the world where they don't use salt; they use sand, and it's just gross. It's just everything looks gross, and then like. Like directly across from our hotel, like directly across from our hotel, uh-huh. there's there's a building facade. But like when you look through the windows, there's a, there's no actual building. It's just like the front wall is standing, and it's just like this <laughs> is like rubble. It's just like wow, that's worse like, than Call of Duty. We went, we went, <laughs> we went for a walk, and I remember like we walked for maybe like five ten minutes. I'm like, I'm going back to the hotel. This is depressing. And then, like, we're in the game, like, playing against the guys. You know, every now and again, you talk to them, and they're like, man, I ain't never coming back here. This is horrible. Yeah, man. We had to – I played in – similar to the Adriatic League. God, what was it? Anyways, a a European league. We went to Macedonia and – was you it know, the Balkan League? Yeah, Balkan League. Thank you. The Balkan League. All the Balkan countries. And it was hit or miss, man. We go to some places like, man, this is amazing. Where were you? What team were you playing for? Gilboa, Galil. Oh, okay. Yeah. I, they're not in it anymore. But, uh, yeah, man, it was like, yo, this place is amazing. Like, yeah. Macedonia is, uh, Macedonia is cool. Yeah, Macedonia is uh, cool. They got what city? What's cities. the main city there? Well, I just went there. Ah, uh, oh, man. We just played somebody there. We played uh, MZT there, Skopje. Skopje yeah, yeah, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. Skopje is nice. Yeah, but uh, then you go to like some other country and uh, don't tell me about it, man. I know they like wearing coats in the gym because they can't even throw on the heat. It's like, what the hell is going? Why do you guys even have a basketball team here, let alone a city? Bro, we didn't have heat in my on my team in Greece last year. <laughs> we I had to Seriously? go. Yeah, I went to the champion outlet and bought like three pairs of sweats, and I was just practicing in full sweats. <laughs> but no, I feel you, man. I go. We we've you know in the Asiatic League, it's just some of the same countries like you know Serbia, Montenegro, yeah. uh, um, Bosnia, uh, and uh, it's like you know some of these places are the same, man. You're like, wow, like I don't know if I could play here, man. <laughs> like, it's really. crazy. Yeah, super hit or miss. But go through for people listening. Go through. Um, you're playing in the Slovenian league, and then you're also in, like you said, the Adriatic league. Yeah. We'll kind of break down how many games you played so far. Okay. So, well, mind you, as I told you before, we actually played in three leagues this year. So we also oh, played in right. Champ- Champions League, God, which is God, all of all of Europe. So. If you think about it like this, we play in Slovenia League is like local. It's like only Slovenia. Then like Asiatic League is like regional. It's like the Balkan countries. 
And then Champions League is so. I mean, shoot, Champions League. We played in Greece, played in Poland, played in Turkey, Spain, France, um, and uh, played in Italy. Um, and I think that's it. I know I'm forgetting one actually, um, but oh, we played in Germany. Then, um, then in Adriatic League, we played uh, in Serbia, Bosnia, and Herzegovina. Um, played in Montenegro. We played in um, what else did we play? Uh, I think that's it. I, I think that's it. And you're marking off all the spots. Man, and this is my second time doing international. So um, that's like I said before, when I was in Italy, we played in Euro Cup. So we played in Russia and we played in Belgium and um, I forget where else. But then, I mean, obviously I've played in, I played a year in France. I played a year in uh, Greece. So I've been you know, all over there too. So it's been, I mean, my passport's definitely getting stamped up. Um have you got to had to get had to get a new one? No, but I will. So I'm actually yeah. got like I've got like two pages left. Luckily, we sent immediately because we're done with the other competitions, so mm-hmm. I won't be getting many more stamps the rest of this year. But I, I'll have to get a new one soon. And I'm actually getting a, a new passport, uh, hopefully soon as well. Um, but Cyprus actually is going through the process to naturalize me as a citizen of Cyprus so I can play for the national team. So, um, the, so soon yeah, I'll have a, sa- a second passport. I have dual citizenship. So tell people what opportunities that will open up for you. Yeah, it will for sure. On international I mean, in, uh, uh, competition, a bunch of leagues over here, they limit the number of Americans you can have, um, to, you know, some leagues it's two, I think it's two in Spain. It just depends where at, but um, being a citizen of Cyprus, I'm not, I'd be considered a European, and I wouldn't be an American. So it opens up, you know, new markets. Oftentimes, you know, better contracts. Um, and uh, so, yeah, I mean, I'm looking forward to that. Obviously, I, I'll get to play in like, you know, European competition. So, like this summer, for example, we'll be playing in like Eurobasket qualifiers. You know, hopefully, qualifying to play in like European championships in the future, things like that. Yeah, it's just a hop, skip, and a jump from Israel. Yeah, you, I mean, over there. how long have you you have an Israeli passport? How long have you had that? And like, what has that done for you? Yeah, I've had that for uh, this is my fifth season here. So every year that I've been here, I've had it, and it's uh, with with Israel. I'm not sure with what Slovenia has, but with Israel, we have the uh, Russian rule, and the Russian rule for people that don't know, is that, that there needs to be two domestic players on the court at all times. So there can only be three foreigners max on the court. So in Israel, they usually sign about four, sometimes five, and then you got to make rotations um, involving that with, you know, you can with having three guys on. So it creates some, some tension sometimes when that one foreigner is out on the bench, um, but it creates a lot of stability for the Israeli players for guaranteed minutes, um, guaranteed exposure. So you get more, you get better contracts. Um, but the, the thing I've been learning here lately is that, that uh, the taxes in Israel 
are crazy. So like I get my team pays taxes, like my contract, my car and my apartment, they pay in full that amount, whatever that value is, they pay that in taxes. Wow. Yeah. So for the wow. foreigners, it's not, they, they don't get that. They don't get taxed like that. So uh, they get, so like everybody's like, Oh man, it's so easy. So yeah, I get like guaranteed. I get more stability, obviously. Uh, but yeah, the money end, it's not always it's easy. harder to negotiate. Yeah. It's harder to negotiate that money. in. yeah, I, I never realized that. I mean, uh, I've, I've never been I've never been somewhere that had that that Russian rule with the number of people on the court. But like even in Slovenia now, like we can only have four foreigners on our roster for a game. So like we have five foreigners. So somebody uh, okay. somebody has to sit out like every game. Gotcha, yeah. Yeah, and here they do they'll do like tax relief. So if you do that, like if you have five foreigners, um but you can only dress four in order to get this tax relief at the end of the year. If you dress five at any time during the year, you it's, it's gone. Like it's completely gone and the teams really value that money. So it's been, that's been another good rule for the Israeli players and the, the power of the union has been pretty good. I mean, it's interesting, man. It's, uh, it is. And it gets different from country to country. Yeah, exactly. So much you don't know is it is different from country to country. I mean, you learn something new every year. I mean, I have. I've been in a different country every year. Like you learn something new every year with just how everything works. Um, so, I mean, it's been an interesting journey. Yeah. One more. Uh, talk about some more international basketball. Big contrast. Now we're talking like Slovenia and Israel. Right now, I think we are. We played 21 games. Total. <laughs> How many games have you guys played? Total. You, I know you're in three leagues. We're only in one. Uh, Twenty-one versus man. what? Um, I'd have to say I've played. I've definitely played over. I've definitely played around sixty. Let me let me let me actually try and count. Shit. We had twenty-two in the Alba League. We had fourteen in Champions League. So that's uh, thirty-eight right there. Plus we had. In Slovenian League first round, we had 18. That's 40, uh, 56. I, I set out three of those. So, I mean, I played 53. We had a cup game, two cup games, 55. And uh, now I've had four in the second round of Slovenian League. So, yeah, 62 games through end of March, um, from October to March. And we still got... We've got 10 games left in a regular season, so we'll play 72 games before playoffs. Yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's an NBA season. Man. Pretty close. Yeah, I mean, it's slowed down now. Like, past few weeks, we've had, like, only a few right. games because, again, our other competitions ended. And uh, But it's been, <laughs> it's been a heck of a season. I mean, for, let's see, October, November, December, January – February we played we played every other day almost that's nuts like, like I can't game, even fathom that practice game practice game practice game practice and then like you know some like so we play about three games a week sometimes four and it depends on travel and stuff like that and then you got to keep in mind you know how travel is over here we're not Michigan you know we're not chartering no hell no. It's, um you know it's takes commercial flights commercial flights and then you know sometimes a bus ride you know sometimes we'll bus from Belgrade or 
you know, bust a bus. So that's seven, eight hours. You know, it just depends. I mean, it's literally, it's an NBA schedule with D league travel is what I had this year. And, uh, it's, but I mean, I, I, I really, I really appreciate the experience because that was one of the reasons I came here was just to play a lot of right. basketball. You know, I'm at a point now where I'm like making it like a, I'm turning a corner of my career. Yep as a player. And I just wanted to play a lot of games and just like, you know, to be able to get better, to just make mistakes. When you play one game a week, man, there's so much pressure. Every single oh, terrible. Like, when, but when you play every other day, like you get have a bad game, you make a mistake. Like you're, you don't give a shit. Like you're on to the next one. Yeah. It was grueling at times. Like the travel, we got to wake up at 3am, get to the airport in Tel Aviv, two hours away. So we can fly at 7am. And I was looking forward to not doing that this year, but then you get in the middle of it and it's one game a week. Like you said, the pressure is on. You lose and management is up your ass. And it's just, it's tough. So I can't even imagine playing three leagues like you did, uh, but it's got to be a little bit of fun. But at the same time, like, you got to really take care of your body and it's not always yeah. the easiest. You don't have the cold tub, hot tub built in with the walk with the like nice pool in the training room like we did at Michigan. So how, I mean, have you been able to survive? Like you had any funny stuff going on with trainers over there? Cause I've definitely had my fair share of stories. <laughs> Actually our trainer this year is he's pretty good, man. Um, pretty good. Yeah. I would say like he's, it's sometimes it's a little hard to get him to like actually help you out because <laughs> he's like trying to get out of there. But like when yes. he's like, where, he knows what he's doing though. Like when he's like, when he actually sits down and like he's had a, I've had a couple things. Like I thought it was like the end of the world. And he'll like sit down and like work on it a little bit. And I'll be like, oh wow, it's it's gone. Thanks, man. Like so, I mean, he's been pretty good. Um, I actually think this year I invested and bought like these like compression boots, very similar to Normatec, but they're the air relax boots. And, uh, yeah, they like, man, I, if I didn't have those, I swear I wouldn't have made it for sure. I mean, I don't get in the cold tub, but I use those. So, I mean, it's a similar concept, you know? Um, but right. I, I mean, I, I take them on every road trip, you know, every, basically almost every night I'm sitting in them. Uh, while I'm watching TV, dinner, whatever, I'm just, you know, I'm using them. So that was, that's been a key. Um, I've got like, uh, I, you know, I know, I know you've seen like the vibrating foam rollers. I bought one of those myself a couple years ago. Yeah. I want one of those. That before and after practice every day, stretching after practice. I mean, all the little stuff is huge. Like, you know, I take a lot of extra time to like, to like stretch and roll and all that stuff every day. And I take our, our, like our lifting and stuff seriously. Cause I like, you know, playing in college, like you understand like how, how that stuff like adds up, you know? And you know, it's when you're, when you're, when you're actually hurting, it's too late. Yeah. It's funny to think about what the NBA guys go through in terms of travel and playing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but then, you know, so you saw that LeBron article that came out, he's spending like a million dollars a year on his body and he's got personal Man. coaches and like, They've got all these resources and I, I'm sitting here thinking like, man, like where do you spend a million dollars at? Like what costs a million dollars? I mean, you just, you're just trying to get the best. You're like, Oh yeah, I gotta, I gotta retain this guy. Yeah. Uh, he's got to move to Ohio with me. I'm going to pay him out the ass for, for him. Yeah, to be like a million dollars a year. I'm sitting here thinking like, how does that even add up? I'm like, got my calculator trying to do the math. Like, man, that's crazy. Um, 
Yeah, but I mean, I for them the crazy thing is like I try to think about like they'll like get in town at like two three a.m. and like play the next day. I'm yeah. like, I'm like, um, and they party too. I don't understand how they do it. Yeah, they do party. That that is crazy. It's it's another world, man. It's another I, world. I, I played with. Level of freedom. I mean, you know how, like, yeah, yeah, like those guys, like, they get in town and the coaches are like, all right, we play at nine o'clock tomorrow. We'll see you then. And they're like, literally just on their own for like two days. Like, yeah. us, like, we, we go on a road and it's like team lunch. Everybody show <laughs> up. Nobody can eat until we all eat at the same time. Um, okay. We got video. Then we got practice. Okay. Team dinner. You got to wait for all your teammates. No phones at the table. Like, it's just like a completely different world, man. Like, Completely. I saw Greg Popovich talk about how he doesn't even really like doing shoot arounds in the morning because he thinks it doesn't do anything, accomplish anything. And I'm here and we're doing shoot around for like a scrimmage, taking it way too seriously. I'm like, I could be sleeping right now. (laughs) <laughs> preparing for the game I gotta come in and shoot some half-ass jump shots yeah so that the, they definitely have different mentalities nah the funny the funny thing for us is like when like we've had like a few games recently with like we'd have like eight eight days in between nine days in between and um or even like the, you know the FIBA breaks when we had like two weeks and stuff mm-hmm. and like we'd have like a week of practice and like it's like two a day, two a day, two a day. And then they like give you the like one, you have one day with one practice. And they're like, well, you got the morning off. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, like, that's, that's not you, man. like anything, bro. Like, yeah. Yeah. it's like, thanks for thanks for that. Like, thanks for the morning off. Like, it's not. Yeah, that's not a gift. They But they say it like they're doing something like really nice for you. Like, no, oh, like, I love that with overseas with management when they do something that is expected and they want like praise for it. Oh, like we always you got some money always, on time. Didn't you? We, well, yeah, you got some money. Yes, huh? Like, yeah, that, thanks. You did like, Yeah. Job. Cause it's the law. Like I signed a contract. <laughs> what do you mean, man? Thanks you for following the law. I, you, I got the car, didn't I? Like, yeah, you also put it in the contract. Like you're doing your job. Congratulations. Yeah. God. No, no, no. No, it's no. so annoying. It's one of the, it's one of my biggest pet peeves. And like, I haven't gotten over it still to this day. The most nah, we, we, ne- I, we never will because we're from i mean from america man like yeah that's like we just like of course we get paid like over right. here it's like i've been places where it's like yo if you don't win like don't even think about your money <laughs> don't even think about asking about it man, yeah have you, have, have you had uh problems with that before <sighs> i mean i honestly all the teams i've been on i've gotten all my money mm-hmm. i've been on a, a couple teams where it was like consistently late but like we that got happens. it yeah you know, playing at France is nice because it's like France and Germany is law. You know, you have to get your money on time, like every penny. So like it's every like penny. clockwork. Yeah. Um. But uh, and then here, here has been really nice. Actually, we've I've gotten paid on time every every time. One of the things I don't like is like when they'll pay me like to my European account in euros, like. And like you always feel like you like I want to see it in dollars because I feel like it's not right, you know. <laughs> always, I gotta always do the math. Like it's not right. Like it does not. But no. That, but that's one of the things that bothers me. <laughs> yeah, I get my check in shekels, and oh, yeah. I check it like right away, and it'll be right. And I'm still questioning questioning it. I remember Devin telling me he was getting paid in cash and shekels. He had like a million, a million shekels in his apartment. Yeah. Like yeah. Air Force Yeah. When we played together, 
uh yeah they were paying us in cash just like envelopes of cash <laughs> and it was ridiculous i mean that was one of the, the worst teams like managerially i've ever been on uh they had no idea what they were doing like yeah this is fine we just give guys a bunch of cash and let them like walk around <laughs> like a walking crime about to happen uh, yeah i had a i had a mentor of mine say like uh, he was telling me a story saying that he was somewhere and it was then they owed him his money and he was like like he walked in there like uh <laughs> like I need my money. Like I'm gonna go. I'm gonna leave. And so then they pulled out like just a huge like bag of just bills. And like here you go. And then he was like, I hope y'all plan on escorting me home. I'm not walking home with all this money. On me. Seriously. Oh, it's sketchy. It's sketchy as hell. And there's different. There's no uniformity. Like you can go year to year and just experience totally different things in terms of how you're paid and like going about the whole process. The banks it, in each country. I don't even want, just pay me at home. Like, just send my money to the States. Pay Seriously. Me, you know? I, I was in Greece last year, so I surely did not want any money in no Greek account. They had oh, capital controls. No. And, like, you couldn't, like, you couldn't take out more than, like, a few hundred bucks a week and, like, spend more. I'm like, no. Like, just... Even with your account? Money. Yeah. Wow. In my Greek account. No, no, in my Greek account. Like, yeah. so, like... And they what they ended up doing was, like, paying... They were paying the minimum they had to for taxes in my green account and then sending the rest home. But I'm like, yo, like, I don't want no money in this green account. I don't even no. know if I'm going to be able to get it out if I need it. Hell no. Right. Yeah, I heard Greece was nuts. I was talking to uh, Kelsey Barlow. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, Big Ten guy. And he was saying that he walked into stores and buy things on IOUs. Like, no way. Something would be like $200 and be like, yeah, I'm going to give you 50 here. You're going to give me that product and like, I, and then I'll owe you later. You know what I heard about Greece is, um, and I actually have experiences. If you pay in cash, oftentimes like you can get, you can pay a way lower price than what they have listed. Man. Um, because they don't have to rep like report that. Because right, right. Oh, cash is so tight. So, like, if you go in there, it's like two hundred bucks. You're like, yo, I'll give you one hundred fifty in cash. They're like, all right, cool, cool, take it, get out of here. <laughs> yeah, they're like, all right, don't remember this again. I, I actually did experience that. I've never like done the IOU system, but I also know a lot of guys in Greece that like didn't, that were not getting paid for sure. Oh yeah, for like, sure. The pays club to club. Like, there's some clubs that pay, but there's like a lot of clubs that like don't pay guys. But I love Greece. I actually love Greece. is a dope country to play in. They love basketball. Man, they do. Love it. Shit. They're, it's one well, of the most hyped places I've been basketball in. Basketball, too. Israeli fans crazy, too. Yeah. The problem with Israel is there's pros and cons to it being so small. One of the cons is that everyone's a Maccabi fan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, like, local teams it's not always great in terms of fan support. Um, but I mean, big games. Yeah, for sure. And when you're playing Maccabi, obviously, but uh, yeah, so it's a little hit or miss there. It all depends. There's certain clubs um, that have their big fan bases, but even like the, the other clubs with great fan bases, it's like surrounded a, around hating Maccabi. Right. Yeah. It's like, we're, we're anti Maccabi. That's literally one of the, uh, 
signs that they made that uh, this team, Hapoltelevi, they made it, they have it, or maybe it's Halom. What, anyways, one of them has an anti Maccabi sign hanging like above their fan section or like below it or something. It's like, come on, man, just be you. Like, <laughs> you get It's crazy. I have a little experience with that. Like, we, I was in a small club in Greece last year, and anytime we played like the big clubs like Panathinaikos or Olympiakos mm-hmm. or like Ike, even, like, they took over our gym. So, like, it was like we were on the road, like, basically. Yeah, 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 for sure. It's crazy. Like, the club I play for, like, now here in Slovenia, Olympia, Ljubljana, like, it used to be, like, a EuroLeague club, huge club. Like, NBA guys played for this club, like, Danny Green and Aaron Bain. Um, Goran Dragic used you know, this was his club. Uh, Luka Doncic, when he was younger, he played for the young club. Interesting. Um. And like they used, to, I mean, we've got a huge arena that fits like thirteen thousand people, brand new, like maybe five, ten years old. Wow! And like no fans come, really. Like, but like if you look at videos from like three years ago, four years ago, it used to be like crazy, full, loud. But like now nobody comes, and it's just like it blows my mind. Like even like we played Champions League, like nobody came. God, it's weird. They just yeah, want Euroleague, Euroleague or plus, like, Yeah, that, that's how they think. They're like, well, it's not Euroleague, so we're not going to go. It's just like, like your team's never going to get back to Euroleague if like, you get like that. Right. You need but, that uh, fan support. Exactly. I mean, it makes a difference, you know? Guys, it, it does. It's not going to, you know, I'm not going to say it's like the the deciding factor obviously you need good players you need people to play well good you know everything to go well but you know having good fan support definitely makes a difference for sure you're playing in an empty gym i mean we were there were times where i've had you know i've heard guys on my team say like they enjoy playing more on the road than at home because just because it's something yeah it's just you feel something Something. Get like, some they're cheering of, against it, but they're cheering yeah. though. It's not it's not silent. So Yeah, it's funny. You get again hit or miss with overseas basketball with fans. I mean, you could go to some of the mo- most remote places and get the most fans and then you go to, like a big city like you're in with a huge history and yeah. then like all of a sudden they just decide not to show up. So I can't even it's hard to figure out, honestly. It is. It is. And you're right. Like you will go to like some small cities like and it'd be like relatively like clubs that may never have done really a whole lot. Yeah. But, like fan, crazy passionate, show up to every game full going crazy. And it's just it does. And it's, I mean, you know, you look at when you're looking at clubs over here, when you rate your, you know, they're kind of. You know, whether they be getting your money on time, what the fan supports like, what the life is like. It literally it is hit or miss in every single category. And it's like you can never it's never gonna be perfect in all of them. Like there's always gonna no. be something that you you know you're gonna have to deal with. And yes. um it's uh it's I mean, it's hard to know until you get there. And it and it changes too, like a club like this. Like it used to be great fans and now it's like it's just different. So it, that can change too. Yeah, in a heartbeat, in a year, like, okay, we're going to 
not fund the team as much. We're going to go down. And then all of a sudden, oh, yeah, that's the worst. Yeah. They're going to cut the budget. Like that's the worst thing. Their, their budgets, they're cutting their budget next year. Like, okay, well, like then, then people surprise and they don't do as well. Like, yeah, like right. you cut budget. All right, Jim, I want to ask you some stuff. Obviously we got Michigan back in the final four. You played in the final four. Uh, with the national champion runner-up. Oh, I guess, I guess, uh, <laughs> do you feel like a national champion? I with, don't. <laughs> I don't think I want So it. many fans do, though. Come on, JMO. It doesn't erase that game, you know? They, no. they yeah. still won that game. Um, do I feel like we probably could have won that game? Like, yeah. Maybe if a certain call or two had gone different, would we have won? Yeah. yeah. Maybe. We all know. But, um, you know, it, you know what happened, happened, man. I, I'm just grateful for that experience. Obviously, um, you know, tough sanctions coming down from the NCAA. But, I mean, let's be honest. If you're going to sanction everybody in college basketball that did something wrong, uh, Michigan might be the only team left standing. <laughs> like, yeah, there's not a whole lot. Yeah, because Coach B is just, you know, Coach B is just like, I mean, down down to planning practices by the minute, um, mm-hmm. whatever it might be. It's just like he's like every single dot, cross, every dot, and every single eye crossing every T. Every day too. Every, I mean, there's never any let up with that. That's what's funny about him. It is. I mean, but it's it's true. It's a little bit. It's remarkable, man. Especially in today's landscape, uh, college basketball. I mean, it, it, to me, that's the most impressive thing about it. You know, his, his ability to continue to compete at the level that Michigan does, you know, and do it, you know, differently. You know, not not recruiting guys, telling them they're going to send them to the NBA right away. Right. You know, taking their time and really just putting together a team. I think one of my favorite parts about how they recruited was, um, and you remember, was, you know, they would always ask us our opinions on guys and, you know, how they fit into the team. And I thought that was a really smart thing to do because, you know, the, Coach Beeline isn't always just recruiting players. He's recruiting teammates and he's building teams. Right. So. No, it's it's completely important. I mean, it's, it's funny with the teams he's used to having or that, he, you know, he's famous for in West Virginia and like the team this year. But you guys in 2013, I mean, just crazy talent. Like, yeah. No, you guys are just like running guys out of the gym. You were scoring, getting up and down. Uh, so it's a little different from the teams I played on. Um, maybe like even the team your last year. But but I don't know. Take me through that. Like, what was it? Is it easier to play on a team like that mentally in 2013 when you guys know you're so good, or is it tough because like you know you're so good? Um, and all those little details, all the attention to detail and discipline that Beeline's used to, like, does it, does it get relaxed? Uh, do you guys get relaxed with that? Or do, is that why you guys are still special because you had the talent and the discipline? Mm, that's a, that's a complex question. I mean, uh, is it more difficult to play on a team like that? I mean, honestly, if you take away that run that we made in the tournament, Mm-hmm. it probably would have been somewhat of a disappointing season. I mean, we didn't win a Big Ten regular season. We lost right. the second round of the Big Ten tournament to Wisconsin. So before that run really happened, we had like our last month and a half of the season was was really bad. 
I mean, um, and you know, it started kind of when I, in, when I got injured, I sprained my ankle. That kind of like threw a little wrench and everything. It's not like I was like, like obviously, obviously like numbers don't lie. It's not like I was like dominating anybody, but like just as far as like the team and like our rhythm. Like, oh yeah. You're a key, rhythm, huge part of that. Yeah. You know, we had a rhythm, you know, and so like it kind of like shook everything up and then, you know, we had a tough stretch of games. We, I mean, shit, we lost at Penn State um, who hadn't had a Big Ten win yet. And so it was like, you know, you take away that run, like it was somewhat of a disappointing season. So um, there was definitely a high level of pressure. I mean, on, you know, the two teams that you and I played together on, um, the 11 team and the 12 team, you know, we had we were like had nothing to lose. Like, right. Um, you know, we were kind of like, we had already didn't have any expectations um, versus 2013. At one point, you know, we were the last undefeated team, number one team in the country, just a little bit different. And, uh, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, is it harder? I mean, it's definitely more fun to play like on the teams, you know, where, you know, you and I played on where it's like, you know, you're going out every night just trying to prove people wrong. That's, that's always fun to do. It's so fun. Yeah. That is so fun. But you know, I'm not, and that's not to say it's not fun to play on a, an extremely talented team like that. But again, right. a lot of people, a lot of people will forget like that team. Like we were struggling before that run, and uh, and you know that that shot that Trey hit kind of turned everything around, and it changes the way that everybody looks at that year. You know, it's crazy, man. It's 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 my biggest pet peeve in terms of. The contrast between college basketball and NBA basketball. I mean, like one play can determine whether a season is good or not. Like yeah. Jordan Poole doesn't hit this shot. Trey doesn't hit that shot. And everything's like a huge disappointment. Yeah. Um, you know, we lost to Ohio my senior year. Yeah. And it was disappointing, but it was still a successful year. You know, like one game, uh, guys get, guys get, so praised or completely lambasted over one game is sometimes it's mind boggling to me, but I know that's what college basketball is all about. All the emotion, yeah, yeah. but it's just crazy. Like to look back on it and even hear fans now talk to me about this team now and like the run they've made like, yeah, like they're good and they're making a good run and it's indicative of the program and stuff, but it's like, you guys realize how lucky some of this stuff can yeah. be, right? No, I mean, it's definitely comes down to, to luck, but, um, you know, coach Beeline, I actually text coach Beeline and he made a good point to me. He said, you know, it was finally our turn for something to go right. I mean, mm -hmm. it, it is, it is luck. I mean, my senior year, we lost to Kentucky and that, uh, I can't remember which Harrison twin, um, and I'm sorry <laughs> they actually hear this, uh, but <laughs> they hit the, the three pointer, you know, they hit a three pointer with two seconds left to win that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Been, I would have been another trip to the final four for us. So, um, and then you know, Derek had a shot at the buzzer last year that I thought was a good look to try to beat Oregon, and who knows what would happen in that Kansas game the way that Oregon just completely dismantled Kansas. So, I mean. You're right. It can change the way that a, that that a whole season, you know, is is looked. At. I mean, um, it it is crazy, but uh, it does come down to luck. It does. You know, teams don't get where they are without a few bounces or shots rolling their way. Um, and so, like, sometimes that's why I think it's important for like Michigan now, especially to 
make the most of it, you know, this this week of at the final four and the most of this moment. And um really, you know, because because it, you know, they meant to be there. I, I, I feel like it happened for everything happens for a reason. So like that shot went in, like we could talk about what happened if it didn't, but it did. And so now they're here. So like make the most of it, you know? Yep. Yeah, for sure. It's all you can do. Just make the most of whatever's in front of you. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you a couple more things and we're going to wrap this up. One thing, and I don't know why it's always stuck in my mind, but in the 2014 tournament, when you took that charge on Jarnell Stokes that everyone freaked out about. Yeah. You know, you know exactly what I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Uh, did, didn't you get in, wasn't there like something like a back and forth with Stokes? Was it after the game or during the game? Um, I'm honestly, I don't remember. I think I think everybody kind of remembers me for talking after the game about uh, I, I remember saying like mismatch my ass and everybody loved. Yes. It. Yes. That was that was more about what the press was saying. And right. Right. You know, we saw it. I mean, they said it, they said it about us against Texas before when they had Cameron Ridley and Jonathan Holmes. And they said that they were going to you know, they were way tougher than us and they were going to outplay us and inside we couldn't handle them. And, and we just rolled through Texas. I mean, and funny story about that Texas game, the only game I've ever been in where we played the first nine minutes of regulation with no stops, no dead balls. Damn. I promise you, (laughs) like, I remember like before there was finally a timeout, we were on a fast break and Karis had the ball and I was running the wing. And Karis was like, J-Mo, run. <laughs> I was so tired. And I had probably like the softest dunk ever on the fast break. But we were it was, we were exhausted. But we, I mean, we were in better, we were clearly in better shape. And offensively, we just had so many weapons between Derek, Karis, Nick, and Glenn. And then and then myself. I mean, I was dunking. I, that was pretty much all I had at that point. <laughs> just dunking. <laughs> but <laughs> Oh. No, it's funny. Like you got always. I mean, M- Michigan is perpetually picked on from media and always. perception-wise. Like always. on for like the bigs. So like your whole career at Michigan has been, oh yeah, like Jordan's solid, but like he's not tough enough, or this yeah. guy is gonna kill him, yeah, or yeah. whatever. And like it just like doesn't happen. Yeah, uh, I mean, especially in the big games, was, like. After they said we were gonna like, I'm pretty sure they picked us to lose against Texas, and we we oh, handled sure. this. Yeah, this. Then we go into the Tennessee game, and they're saying the same thing. And I remember Glenn. We they had Jarnell Stokes, but they also had Jerron Mayman, who was mm-hmm. also like he was a beast. I mean, they were both like, you know, and to this day, Jarnell Stokes is still like a beast. Like he dominated the D, the D League the year after uh, he got drafted. I mean, um, but. You know, in that game, we're just like, like, come on. Like, we've shown we can compete, you know, all year. We literally, we won the Big Ten outright. Like, and you, you're picking us to lose, like, and saying we're, like, not good enough, this, that. And we're competing in the Big Ten. Especially, you know how it feels. When you compete in the Big Ten, you're, like, you're getting tested all year. And so, um, for me, it was just more about, you know, we just felt like we were just proving everybody wrong. Um, that whole tournament because, like I said, we we had won the Big Ten outright by three games, and that's nuts. People were still picking us to lose, um, and I and I just thought it was crazy, and uh, so that's more what that was about. And we ended up, 
I, I think we ended up both Glenn and I ended up holding our own, if not winning our mismatches. I think I had 15 and 10 that game. And Glenn, I remember he was just, you know, um, Jerron Mayman had an advantage clearly in the paint, but Glenn, like, he was just hitting pull-up jumpers and stuff, and it was just no way for Jerron Mayman to guard him on the perimeter. And uh, it would end up being a close game. They had a, they had a talented team. They had Josh Richardson, too, who's in uh, Miami, and they had um, uh, um, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jordan McCray, who was, who was a really good yeah. player, too. So, I mean, they had a talented team, too. So, I mean, um, but it just it was just about respect, man. And and I think today to this day, like Michigan doesn't get respect like in from any media, you know, especially Barack Obama. I called you all last time, man. He keeps picking <laughs> us to lose, man. <laughs> you know, I remember telling him, you know, keep picking us to lose. OK, you know, hey, keep picking us to lose, Barack. I, I like you, man. But uh, uh, for some reason, he just likes he likes to bet against Michigan. It's better that way, though. Like we said, it's better to win. Yeah, like that. and and that just and that's been for for some reason. Like no matter how far our program comes, like it's people are always still counting us out, and it's like yeah. that's what. And that's one of the things that's that's part of Coach Beeline's personality, though, and that's that's why he thrives at Michigan because he's always been you know coming from coaching at every level, he's always had a chip on his shoulder to prove himself, and and he he recruits guys that have that same kind of chip. You know, like yourself, like Zach, who obviously was on the podcast before, myself, you know, guys yep. like Arius and Xavier Simpson and Trey Burke and all these guys. Harris, yeah, yeah. All these guys that have something to prove. Like, those are the kind of guys he likes. Those are the best kind. Yeah. But you know who was, though? Like, you always get uh, – you always come on top when people don't expect you to against other bigs, but – do you, do you know the one name that I'm going to pull out of the hat right now that completely dominated you in a game? Cody Zeller? 2000, 2010. Oh. Nah, fuck. oh, no, 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 no. I already know. Rocco. <laughs> Rocco. Rocco Holmes. Yeah, he went crazy, man. Concordia, NAIA. I thought they were like D2 at least. No, NAIA. It's funny. My trainer now, uh, my, my trainer now, Marius. He actually was on that team, and he's my he's my skills trainer now. He was on that team, so we have conversations really? about that game quite a bit. But yeah, man, yeah. I think that was so, that was the that was a turning point for me, where I was like, <laughs> okay, I got I got to be a better defender. <laughs> this is just not acceptable. Now you had twenty three and eight. I'll give you that. But Rocco went twelve for seventeen from two pointer, thirteen for nineteen for the game. He had twenty nine points. Should have put up a 30 piece, but he missed up, missed four free throws. Yeah. And like, it was all in the paint. And I remember coach and Novak too, just would not let you live it down oh, yeah. at all. And we know who else wouldn't let me live it down was Bakari. Oh, Bakari for sure. No. I mean, he was probably mentioning Rocco all year. Was he not? Uh, I think so. But you know what? I wasn't the only guy that guarded Rocco. I was not the only No, you weren't. You weren't. So let's be, <laughs> let's be fair. I, I'd like to it, – it'd be an interesting case study to go through that film and see how many baskets were actually on me. But he did – I mean, he had a hell of a game. And like I said, that was – for me, that was, that was a wake-up call. Like, all right, Jay, you got to you gotta step your defense up a little bit. And I think from there, you know, I, I, I did a much better job. Oh, yeah, for sure. I mean, I don't think you've had someone score that many on you, like straight post-ups. I know you said Cody Zeller, but I still say Cody was like – even in college – all pick and roll 
like yeah. dunk in everything, like, drop off. Him and Jared Solinger were definitely the two hardest guards. Um, yeah, Jared was they were ridiculous just, in college. Yeah, and Cody Zeller, like if he got close to the rim, like he made everything close to the rim. It was, I mean, I remember watching. <laughs> we were playing against him, and I remember watching his like pregame workout, and he was like, the it was like just him on the court, and it was like three managers, all with a pad. <laughs> like on three sides of them and like they were just like making him get the basketball and score while they were just beating the shit out of him and i was like <laughs> i was like this makes sense it makes sense why why he makes all these baskets oh yeah just hanging all over yeah, yeah that's uh that reminds me of um deshaun thomas too oh yeah he was he was i remember do you remember when uh he was a freshman and he used to come off the bench and the scouting report was like, every time he touches it, he's gonna, he's shooting it. He's shooting up. it. It's going up. But then the next year, his sophomore year, he came back and he was like, I, I think he started the next year after, you know, all those seniors left, and he was just a problem. He was a huge problem. Still, I mean, he still, yeah, he still is. You know, yeah, we played him uh, a couple, a few days ago, and he came off the bench and just hit like two threes in a minute yeah. and just deflated us in the first half yeah. i was like god not again yeah, look pretty familiar huh yeah exactly <laughs> it's it's terrorizing yeah okay jmo we got uh i mean last week we got i got two more things for you last week we did some beeline stories i don't know if anything has popped in your head or anything you can tell because we all have stories <laughs> that we cannot tell <laughs> Uh, but do you have any good beeline stories? And I got one more that I can share with with, uh, with everybody listening. And then we'll move well, on. You share first. Hopefully, I hope. Okay. All right. You as, you t- as you tell it. Okay. So I just remember this one uh, that I didn't tell. That wasn't told on the podcast last week. And it was my freshman year. And uh, you know how beeline is with freshmen. I mean, he's constantly correcting them because they have to be you know they're the worst thing that's ever happened to them basically in general and there's a lot of correcting to do there's a lot of mistakes that are going to be made there's a lot of yelling that's going to happen and a lot of like just him being dumbfounded by how how stupid of a play he just made (laughs) and so one day in practice i think it's like in the middle of the year i don't know i'm doing something and i'm making a couple mistakes in a row like guarding the ball or guarding some type of screen and he he's correcting me multiple times. And then the last time he's like, son, didn't you have a calculus test today? How are you keep making these mistakes? And I go, yeah, I failed it. <laughs> and he didn't, he didn't hear me, but CJ Lee heard me. And CJ still thinks it's the funniest thing <laughs> to him that I said it out loud. I'm glad he didn't hear me. And I straight up, I'm pretty sure I got a D on that test. And I was like, yeah, man, like I'm not as smart as you think I am. <laughs> Uh, especially when it comes to calculus and uh yeah i was like i was like like three seconds afterwards i I was thinking oh shit if he would have heard me say that i'd be sprinting nonstop until the end of practice i mean he didn't even want us like yawning or talking back in practice like no little slip-ups i was like oh i'm glad he's got a little older and hard of hearing no i mean (laughs) yeah i honestly i can't think of any any stories that I probably should tell. <laughs> no, no, no ones are like discipline ones. Or like I mean, I could t- your I first could year. About, I remember the time. Uh, I could tell talk about a discipline one, and you were in it. 
I remember the time when we were going home for Christmas break and I woke up uh, late as hell. And we had a 7 a.m. practice and then we had that everybody could leave. And I woke up late as hell. And yeah, I remember thinking like, shit, I'm going to have to run. And I get there and come to find out I wasn't the only one that was that overslept. And it, you yep. know, and yep. not only did Coach Beeline make us run, but he also made Zach and J Bar run because they were your roommates. And I his Zach was at you. I think J Bar too. Actually, J, I rarely see J Bar get mad. Josh rarely gets pissed like that. But, no, you know why? Because Josh apparently, and I was having, I was having like serious sleep problems, uh, like the last couple of years. And J Bart said he woke me up. And that I confirmed verbally that I was awake and getting up. <laughs> and I don't remember any of it. Like, I didn't even hear my alarm. I don't remember him waking me up. Like, nothing. And, I mean, I fell asleep at probably like 3, 4 a.m. the night before that. And had to wake up in like two hours. And like, so, like, ever since that moment, I've had sleep anxiety like crazy. Yeah, it's oh, honestly, yo, honestly, college, like, before I went to college, I was a super heavy sleeper. Now. After yeah. college, I'm the <laughs> lightest sleeper in the world. <laughs> like, I don't want to be late for something, and it's like 10 hours away. I always yeah. wake up before my alarm. If if the, I can't sleep, if the light comes on, like, noises, like, like if, like, my fiance, like, if she's, if she gets up out of the bed, like, wakes me up, I'm the lightest sleeper. When I was younger, I used to sleep through any, anything. And, but you're right, that's just... <laughs> I think that's a kind of scarred, man. Yeah, no, seriously. It, uh, and it happened from like after you sleep through, after you sleep and miss a few things, like you're like, oh. yeah, it's the worst. It's traumatizing. Yeah. It, it really There's nothing like, there's nothing like coming home from an overseas season and the first couple of nights of sleep where you're like, I don't have to wake up for oh, anything. It's like, it, it's like, you even, I'm I, you I can't describe how good it is. I'm glad you, you even brought that up because I don't even want to. I'm I'm so ready to like. You know. I, oh God, just like completely relax in a way that you can't even describe, and your body just won't even work. It's like you're gonna sleep for ten to twelve hours, and there's nothing you can do about it. There was there was the time when uh, when we were in New York and we had just won the <laughs> we had just won the uh, preseason in IT. And Trey was my roommate, and we overslept. Like I think I turned my alarm off, honestly. If I'm gonna be honest, <laughs> well, I think we were supposed to be on the bus at eight a.m. Uh -huh. at, at eight to leave. They call our room at like eight o two. Like I'm like, I jump up like shit. Answer the phone like, yeah, we're coming down right now. Oh god, you know, your heart is beating a million miles an hour. So we just like literally just threw everything in our bag. And um, I remember getting on the bus and Trey got on first and he's just like, we, and, you know, Coach B sitting in the first seat. So like the last thing, <laughs> like don't want to walk. You're like, shit, you know, you got to walk faster. And I was the, at that time I was a redshirt junior. So I was, you know, I had been there for four years. Trey, right. Trey was a sophomore. So Trey gets on. He doesn't say shit to Trey. And he just like stops me. <laughs> Of course he stops me and I don't remember what he said, but he was furious. Like, <laughs> furious. yeah, it's like you like killed his puppy. No, he was so mad. But the, the, what saved us was the fact that when we got to the airport, we had to sit and wait for like 30, 
or in the on the bus. We took a charter, but like we had to like wait mm-hmm. at security or something for like forty minutes. So like it didn't it didn't make it end up mattering. So like honestly, to that day, that's the one thing that I got away with that I never had to run for uh, was that. I oh damn! Him, I didn't like, think you were gonna get away with that. No, that's it, nice. Like we never had to run for that. But like he, I just remember how furious he was at, at me, especially because I, I was like, <laughs> I mean, at that point, I'm yeah. pretty sure I was, you know, I was one of the older people on the team. It was like me and Jeff right and, and Corey and Esso and, and Matt. Like, so like, I was like one of the guys that set the example. So like, he was like, just absolutely furious. But luckily, like I said, like, I don't know how in the world we did, but we got away with that one. You're lucky. I have not heard of somebody getting away with something like that before. I still can't believe I did. <laughs> Very rare. That might be a record. Like you got, do you, what do you got? The the field goal percentage record career wise at Michigan? Yeah. Single season. And career. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and getting away with <laughs> showing up late. You know, those your two Michigan records that'll never be broken under Beeline. Well, that what's crazy. What's crazy is they they actually broke that the wins record this year, which was I thought was really impressive. Thirty two wins. Oh, they broke the wins record, and they we'll and isn't Muhammad gonna break your games record? He probably will. Yeah, but they, I mean, they the past two years they've gone four or five games in the Big Ten tournament. I mean, that's. Yeah, that racks yeah, up. Yeah, racks that's, up quick. That's, I mean, that's how they got the 32 wins, you know. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, they had – granted, they had to win those games. But, like, you know, we never – I don't think – the farthest I got was my senior year. We lost in a big-turn tournament championship. Um, but I, that was only – I only went to mm. tournament championship one time. I hated the tournament. I know. It's felt the, so the stupid. conference yeah. tournament. I was like, I hope we lose. Like, I don't care about this at all. Yeah. I just want to play the NCAA right. tournament and let's go. Right. I hear you. I mean, if you if you have to, if you needed to get in the tournament, then you're like, it's like everything. But like, yeah. If you, Otherwise, and you're, you're like, okay, even... like, can we not? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a very odd thing. I hope they they kind of change that format. But uh, yeah, so Michigan plays Saturday against Loyola. I predict a blowout, but I'm, I'm, I want us to make a couple predictions and then I'm going to try and keep it, remember it and see what Honestly, happens. So I haven't seen Loyola play. Um, me either. I'm just, my only concern is that I just don't want to, I know coach, coach won't look past them, but I just hope like our guys don't look past them. Just take them seriously. Get to Monday when it gets there. Um, you know, I don't think it's by accident that Loyola's in the final four, but we are in a lose-lose situation, you know. You lose to Loyola, or you break everybody's heart, and Sister Jean goes home. So <laughs> she's had enough <laughs> of the limelight. Hey, she can go home. She, I mean, this, the travel is probably not good for her old body, so she'll be good just to chill. You know, it's it's been enough. I'm me personally. I'm predicting seventy to fifty. Let's go big six. Okay. Michigan. I just don't. Yeah. I just don't think. I think you're going to put the clamps on them personally. But you know what? Let me me revise that. Let me revise that. It's going to be 65 to 50 because it's going to be a little more low scoring because they play slow. I think I think Michigan will get to seventy. I do. I think you think we'll get seventy. Yeah, I think right. I hope that I really hope they do. So I say that you know, and wish because we're going to need that offense if we get to the championship. Um, right, we're going to need to shoot well. I mean, it, we're going to have to have our best game 
whether regardless we play Kansas or Nova, we're going to have to have our best game for sure. I mean, that's two, sure. two juggernauts on the other side waiting. So um, I think it'll be, let's say, 70, let's say 72 to 57, 15 points. Keep them under 60. Ooh, okay. Okay, so we got a similar margin. Uh, same margin. All right, so we'll hold it to it. All right, whoever's closest, how are we going to do this? Six-pack is on the okay. line. Okay, all right, that works. Is that fair yeah, enough? That's, that, that's, that's a good one. Of, of Michigan's finest? Okay, that's all right, perfect. Because that's basically all I bet is beer. <laughs> <laughs> all right, J-Mo, I appreciate it, man. Yeah. Um, let's end. You, you can find J-Mo at just J-Mo on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, I'm going to plug your um, – well, I'm blanking. Plug your uh, foundation. Thank you. Yeah. The word foundation yeah. here a little bit and then we'll sign off. OK. Yeah. No, I mean, uh, I uh, founded the Jordan Morgan Foundation about a little bit over three years ago now. And uh, we've uh, impacted the lives of hundreds of kids in Detroit. Our focus is um, around education. We've taken a. Um, uh, we've committed to doing STEM programs recently in Detroit. So the past two years, we've done summer, summer STEM programs with uh, with kids uh, focused around hands on learning experiences and field trips uh, to real world uh, experiences as well. So, um, you know, our priority has been changing the way that uh, inner city kids um, see education as a part of their future and introducing them to um to STEM subjects that they might not know exist and options and things that they might want to study and pursue in the future that they might have never known about uh, without the program. So um, you can check the Jordan Morgan Foundation out at jordanmorganfoundation.com. Um, and uh, you can reach out to us. You'll, you can see more about our programs as the summer approaches if you're interested um, and uh, also how to how to help. Um, we're always looking to collaborate, obviously, um, and uh, it is a nonprofit. So, um, you know, if you if you're interested in donating, we would really appreciate appreciate that as well. Yeah, man. I mean, that's amazing stuff. When you started doing that, uh, I was really impressed because every little thing counts. I mean, all the little stuff adds up. Uh, so I think it's really cool what you're doing with Detroit, um, especially your hometown. You know, a lot of places across America need it. Detroit is is definitely one of those. So uh, it's very cool. We will we'll we'll tweet that link out, um, get the word out, and then maybe brew up some collaboration stuff. Yeah, I'd love to collaborate. I mean, like you said, yeah. that's really the inspiration behind the foundation. Is that um, you know we all know. You know, there are so many things that go into shaping who we are as a person. You know, when you look back mm-hmm. life through as a basketball player and um, and just the way you look at the world um, and you never know how valuable even the smallest experience might be. So um, that's really that's really the inspiration behind everything that we do. Amazing. Yeah. Really good. Jamo, that was great. Appreciate it, yeah, man. Thank you, man. I appreciate it.